Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast. I'm excited to have you guys back for another episode. And this episode, I think, is going to bring you guys a ton of value. Because today, we're going to dive deep into the Value Driven Investor interior design. Because when it comes to increasing your return on investment, you need to pay attention to the interior design. Then design in general <laughs> is what I believe to be one of the most important things when you're trying to increase the value of any property. So back in episode 14, we talked about how to design your product so it sells fast. I believe that that episode was a great introduction episode around designing, and it was coming from the investor's perspective, probably my perspective or Bob's perspective. Then on episode 15, we talked about finding the right interior designer, and I told some really fantastic stories. I told, I told a horror story about a diva designer who I just could not handle and I had to fire. And then I told the story about uh, a fantastic person that I work with, Jill, who I've been working with for a long, long time, and how that relationship was great because Jill always committed to being a team player. Well, today I'm excited to have Annie, my own personal interior designer on the podcast, and Annie is someone that I have just started working with, but I've known for a lifetime because we've known each other all the way back <laughs> into high school, so uh, that's really fun. and. So I'm excited because today we're gonna to talk about why you should seriously consider having an interior designer on your team. We're gonna talk about the designer and the client experience. We're gonna talk about the cost of having an interior designer and how they charge you fees, because that can be very confusing. And we can talk about the how what sets one designer apart from another. Like, how do you know if this designer that you're interviewing that you've never worked with is gonna be a good fit. So, hi Annie, how are you doing? And I'm super excited to hey, have you on Tim. the podcast today. Great to see you, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Um, I think it, we should start it off because Annie and I have a long history because I yes. actually played hockey with her brother yep. in high school and she was younger than me. Um, but I always knew of Annie, and whenever I would go over to his house, you'd see Annie at the house. And how many years younger were you than your brother? Two years. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So Annie was actually in high school at the same time as me. Um, yeah. And it's just fun because she had left the state of Minnesota, and yep. she kind of traveled around the country. Mm -hmm. I believe you lived in Florida, California, yep. and then you made your way Dallas. back here to Minnesota, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I knew you. Back, did you have a hockey mullet? I think you might have yeah, had a hockey mullet. I didn't have a mullet. I had hair like this. Like, come on, Annie, don't call it a I mullet. I don't know. It might have. It might have been like bordering a hockey. I don't know. All of you guys had hair like this. Yeah. And then we you all had also hair. played baseball with my husband, Tom. So yeah, yeah. we've got a, a good history together. So it's really fun to be be working with you in the over well, the last and, you couple know, years. I, in episode 15, I, I talked about that because that was the same thing with Jill's. I had a history. I knew who I was getting into a business relationship with and I knew their personality and I knew how they would handle adversity because yeah. really at the end of the day, whenever I bring on anybody on my team, it's, it's all about, I always say this, it's all about like you can think you know who you're working with. You can, they can, everybody can sell you on whatever, you know, cause that's their job is to sell you on their personality and, and the experience. Right. But once you get into war and the bullets start flying and things don't go the way you want to, right. that's when you really realize who you're working with. And that's, and yeah, so that's I'm the construction process throws you a lot of curveballs. where, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, those yeah, are the does. bullets. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. <laughs> so, Annie, I want to start off because I think it's important that everybody gets a background. Now, 
before Annie goes into her background, I want to give a little context on um, what Annie and I are doing. So Annie came back to Minnesota and I was like, hey, Annie, you know what? Are you you're doing interior design? And she's like, yeah, I've been doing interior design for years. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really cool because I'm looking for another interior designer to add maybe a different flavor on some of the projects that I'm doing because I've been working with Jill for so long. Still work with her, still love her. But it's, you know, every interior designer is like an artist. Like, they just look at things and they do things just a little different. And I was like, maybe we could work together. And Annie's like, of course we can work together. Yeah. Well, it took a little while for me to warm up to the idea. But what I did was, is I actually had Annie come and do an interior design on my own mm -hmm. personal house. And the experience was so amazing. And my, the, one of the reasons why the experience was so amazing for me was because my wife was absolutely like in heaven when it came to Annie. Aww. Number one, her ability to answer all the questions, her attention to detail. My wife is not visual at all. Annie actually like made this huge plan and drew everything out and like literally picked every little nuance yeah. of every little thing and yeah. i definitely working with jill and then working with you you there is two different flavors there and i love you guys both but today let's talk about you so give us a little bit of your history of like when did interior design even enter your mindset and like yeah. when did you say you know what i'm going after this uh, so ever since I was a little girl, I would say like 10 or 12, my parents hired an interior designer from a custom furniture store called Expressions when I lived in Spokane, Washington. And so this designer came out to the house and she's working with my mom picking out wallpaper and the fabric that she's going to reupholster her chairs in. And immediately I thought that looked like the most fun job imaginable i would i even one of my fourth grade friends to this day she's like i remember coming over to your house and we would play interior designer so i just i got the interior design bug really early on and it just it never left i remember all through elementary school high school that was always in in my mind to that i would be an interior designer someday your mom was pretty creative, wasn't she? Yeah, she always really wanted a nice house put together. And she wasn't afraid to like do a purple sectional or do something <laughs> kind of bold. I remember a lot of people- Your mom maybe, was never scared of anything. That's what I loved about your mom. <laughs> yeah, she, she, awesome. she wanted it to kind of stand out a little bit. So I do remember friends coming over and we're, you know, we're in Minnesota at that point. And I think maybe my mom was a little bit edgier as far as most Minnesotan interior designs go, which could probably be kind of beige and plain vanilla. I do remember people walking in like, whoa, you got a purple sofa. And my bedroom was really cool. They put French doors in these two small rooms. And so I had a sitting room and then I had like a day bed area. So my girlfriends would come over and we'd sit in two swivel chairs that had a really bold plaid fabric on and fun wallpaper so yeah it was and my my grandmother was like that too like they just kind of had a knack for it yet my mom didn't have enough of a knack that she would do it on her own she would kind of hire some help with it um and so they wanted kind of a house that was put together and had some style to it always when it came to education, so you graduate high school, did you go get interior design education? Like, tell us when you started, like, okay, I'm going to be an interior design professional. How yeah, did that go? so I initially, I wanted to get all my, like, elective classes done and then transfer to the U of M with those classes. So I found out which classes I needed, and then I wanted to just do the interior design program at the U of M. When I got done, at, I think I went to Inver Grove and got those electives done. I went to transfer to U of M and they wouldn't accept the courses. Um, luckily, Dakota County um, Technical College has a really, I would recommend to any aspiring interior designer in Minnesota, go to Dakota County, get your interior design degree. It was fighter accredited, which means it has the same design curriculum as the U of M, but you're gonna get done in two years and you're gonna get out in the field that much faster. And it, they teach you everything you need to know as because interior design is really, as much as there is an artist side to it and a, a decorating side to it, it's really also very technical. You, it's an interior architecture degree. So when you learn interior design, 
you're learning AutoCAD, you're learning how to draft an entire set of plans. Like an interior designer should know how to do an electrical plan, a reflected ceiling plan, a furniture plan, um, demolition drawings if needed. Um, that's not something that I do with how my career has evolved today, but that's what they teach you in design school. And I think a lot of people that go into interior design are thrown off by that because they think it's an interior decorating degree, which is more picking out furniture, art and accessories, but design is next level up where you're learning the architecture as well as the picking fabrics and what the, the fabric rating is. If you're going into a commercial space, you need to know, um, you know, how resistant it is to multiple people sitting on it. Is it fire flame resistant? So it's a really intense um, program and I loved design school. It was great and it got me um, it got me a degree in two years and it helped me find a really great uh, internship as well, which was like learning the stuff you can't learn in school, the how to how to run a business side of things. When you were into interior design as a school, I mean, obviously, you know, you kind of said it. I, I didn't really go down the area of like demo or I didn't go down the area of electrical or engineering. Mm -hmm. I went down more of an area of this. Yeah. What I mean, what did it what did you learn you didn't like about interior design and what did you learn that you love about interior design and then like you took that path? Which what was it? Uh well, kind of I I loved all of it. So I do love the technical side of it and design firms that I've worked at that learning how to do an electrical plan or a reflected ceiling plan when you're doing a multi-million dollar home especially you need to know how to do reflected ceiling plans and things like that um so there i loved that side of it um but i think i initially started out doing high-end design where like with our more architectural firm type stuff doing a little bit of commercial or homes that are almost like commercial spaces where i feel like what i'm doing now is more like getting the interior selections um done tile paint you know that kind of stuff but there was a there was a time and place for that in my my career where you you did need to and i put that to use too no i want to i'm a big believer in like why and what was the purpose that interior design is going to fill for you because mm -hmm. i feel like if you do something and it's just for the money it you're going to get sick of it you're going to get burned out you've right. been doing interior design for how many years uh, 21 years now. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy. long time, you know. So like Annie's we been doing in interior design for 21 years. And in her head, <laughs> since she was a kid, it's probably been for 30 years, right? Yeah, right. Um, but, like, so you obviously are driven by purpose and you have a big why of, like, why you get fulfillment from the interior design. What What is that? What does interior design give you that you would actually stick with it for 21 years? Well, it's, it's just giving people not, it's taking their house and making it their home. It has such a uh, impact on people's lives for their, their mental health. Um, and just walking into your space and having it be comfortable and having, you know, that place to go curl up and snuggle and watch a movie and having the right sofa to to do that or that area to go get comfortable and read a book or how your how does your kitchen function when you have the family over and it's 20 people for Thanksgiving and Christmas it just it's it impacts their life on a day-to-day -day basis so that's much more than than the financial aspect of it is just seeing how it changes people's lives once they get a space functioning well, looking how they want and just reflecting not my style, but what their personal style is. I think over the years, I've realized that there's two kinds of people. There's mm -hmm. a person that's emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. and then there's a person that's IQ intelligent mm -hmm. emotionally intelligent would be someone that has a very good read on their surroundings and the people around them mm -hmm. their environments they can see things that other people can't see they're aware of things that other people aren't aware of um, on multiple different levels of, of emotion 
And then you have a IQ person, which is, you know, just someone that's like Einstein. Like, right. I mean, the guy just can see numbers literally floating in the air and he picks them out and he can create equations and scientists and doctors and they're IQ smart. Right. Which one are you? Oh, I'm definitely emotionally smart. I um, definitely am in touch with, even if I'm in a room, I feel like I could pick up on somebody's feelings by taking two looks at them if they're feeling kind of stressed or sad or, you know, and it sometimes is hard to turn that off if you're in a room of people that seem upset or having, I just, I think I radiate, uh, people's feelings kind of radiate off of them and I feel that. So I guess that's emotional and intelligence. I I I would definitely say (laughs) being around you that you're definitely emotionally intelligent and I can tell like even just working with you that you kind of said it is like the vibe I get can impact me as a designer Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that I want people to understand is that when you're looking for an interior designer you need someone with amazing emotional intelligence because the number one thing in my mind to selling, especially on the luxury end, when we're doing, you know, a million, million five, million eight, two million dollar projects, everything that your interior designer or you as an investor developer can do that will increase the value of that property starts with emotion. It's the number one thing you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you that I'm definitely more emotionally intelligent than I am IQ intelligent because I feel things, I can see things, I can read people. I mean, since I've been a young mm-hmm. kid, I realized I can read people very, very well, even when the people are lying to themselves Yeah. and they don't know it, Yeah. I know they're lying to themselves. And mm-hmm. like, that's just been a gift that's been given to me. But how an interior designer makes the environment feel, I think is the number yeah. one thing. So let's start with this. When you're designing a space, if I'm gonna hire you and you're designing the space, how do I know that you're emotionally intelligent, number one, if I'm, I've just met you for the first time? Mm-hmm. And how do I, how, what would you recommend I do to realize if you really can hit that nerve of, of creating emotion in your environments? What would you recommend me do when it comes to that point of me trying to interview you and me trying to find an interior designer and then actually hire them. Because that's the thing that's the hardest thing for me. I'm, I'm having a struggle on the architecture side. I have not, I've designed a lot of my, the architecture on the, on the yeah. and you know this because you work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I have a good read on the market. I have a good read on a lot of things. And I, I have a hard time justifying this value of what architects bring on the exterior design. I know they bring value, but the best yeah. ones are so expensive. I, it's hard for me to say they bring that much value. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at to you is like, how right. do I know that working with you or how do I know that making this decision is the right decision um, when I'm looking for an interior designer? How do I know I have the right one? Um, you know, that that's a good question. I think just just from knowing you and working with you, I think the costs up front, knowing what it's going to cost and what that includes is first and foremost, um, seeing a portfolio of past work, um, talking to past clients. I'm okay if, if someone's feeling unsure about working with me, I'm okay to give them several phone numbers of people that I've worked with so they can get, um, talk to somebody. And then you're talking about the, just the emotional connection. Um, I always, with my company decorator in a box, there's a questionnaire on my website that goes into detail asking those questions about who lives in your space. How do you function in your space? How many kids do you have? Dogs? What do you do for a living? And getting that lifestyle is where you start to emotionally connect. Um, and then secondly is I need to see the inspiration for the room. You know this when I um, was working with you, that's one of the first things I ask for is, is inspiration photos, which is now so awesome with uh, websites yeah. like Pinterest and House. where when I first started out, we would bring like a stack of uh, design magazines over yeah. to somebody's house and be like, circle this, rip this page out. And now people just 
send me their pin board. They've already been obsessing about their home on Pinterest, so they instantly can send me that um, Pinterest board. And that really starts that emotional um, connection and gets me designing the house that's their style. Or if I'm working with you on an investment property, we're trying to design a space that appeals to a lot of you know the different market. buyers where if I'm working on you in your basement, it's gonna be all modern because you're super modern <laughs> or try to have kind of a restoration hardware look. So I think that's um, another key thing is like, are they asking me a lot of questions? Are they upfront with me about what it's gonna cost and what it includes? Um, and then are they asking me the right questions to create a space that's for me? and not pushing their design style that's not mine or pushing a, a, you know impractical design on me when I have four kids and two dogs, the white sofa is not gonna really hold up kind of a thing. So I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah, in a I think you, way? you hit it because you gave some key points is number one, they're very open to, they're, they're wanting more from you than they're wanting to tell you. And I think that's one of the things I've learned with um, with the designers that I've worked with, that I like working with, is that, you know, when you work with a diva designer, the, it's all about me, 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 I, I, I. Mm -hmm. When you work with a designer like Annie, it's all about you, you, you. Yeah. And she's always asking, what do you want? Do you have something you can show me? Uh, what price do you think is fair? What you know what I mean? And yeah. and Annie will also tell you, well, that price won't work because I can't make a living and I have to make a living and it's way too crazy. But yeah. Annie will also be like, yeah, okay, I gave you that price, but I'm open minded. And I think like that's the thing that because the thing you want to avoid, you know, in episode 15 is the diva designer. You just yeah. you, maybe for some people that's the right thing, but for me, it's not the right thing. And I think that that's what you just touched on is that it starts with, are they paying attention to you? Do they see the pictures that you want? Do they listen and hear the design that is right for you and your family or for this project and the market? And are they cost, cost conscious? They yeah. understand that, hey, Tim, I understand you need to make a profit. And I understand also that you know, you're gonna bring me repeat business over and over and over right. and yeah. maybe new cu customers over and over and over. Like, I'm gonna treat you a little differently than the one client that's gonna use me once and right. never use me again. Well, and I, and I think, think these are all things you have to pay attention to. Yeah, and there's several different, like I've worked in several different design settings. So when I left, um, when I graduated from college, I was fortunate enough to get a interior design internship with the top designer in Minneapolis, she was doing um, Kevin Garnett's house, Kirby Puckett's house, Jimmy Jam, uh, Chauncey Billups, like all these top, and that is, um, that was her primary market. And so, and she was, that's high end, those people want you to bring them five different lamps to look at and fabrics, and it's just very more hands-on and the only way to have that kind of high-end service of running back and forth is to charge by the hour because you are running to International Market Square, you're shopping, they want you to shop it for them. Um, and so that was a great experience for me because it was just seeing that high-end side of things and it really, um, when working with, her name was Betty, when I worked with Betty, she taught me the stuff, like how to run a business, how to do, how to keep a time card, an invoice, for your time but she just had that was her niche was this high-end very valet um, service um, and she would then if there was customers that had a tighter budget she would then send them to me because she understood that that's not my my target market is not the you know um, somebody that maybe just needs a couple pillows and they only want to spend X amount of dollars. So there, it, so it's kind of finding the right design firm for you. Cause if you go to somebody that's used to working with, you know, uh, Kevin Garnett. Unlimited budgets. Yeah, they're <laughs> not gonna work well when you're, you know, 
with that. So, um, but she understood that. So she would then refer like here, I can't do that for you, but here's somebody. But yet she had high end clients and was not a diva. So I think there's no reason to act like a diva either. I think she was definitely a trust. She was a, working with a very high end clientele, but she was very honest with them and they could trust her. Cause even if you are, you know, kind of a celebrity, you even have to be a, a little bit more careful that you're, someone's not overcharging you. So they knew she was honest as well. Um, so that was right out of school. Then when I um, got married, my husband and I moved to Naples, Florida, which was an entirely different market where I worked at a high-end design firm that was primarily um, snowbirds. And so it was all vacation homes and our design firm specialized in um, creating, like all the people coming from Minnesota or New York for the winter, all the snowbirds would come in. We had to have their house designed with the towels in the cabinets, the sheets on the bed, the dishes are in the cabinets. It's turnkey when they come in. And it's just high-end um, golf course communities or beach communities. So that taught me that style of design and working at a design firm where, okay, the client from Minnesota is coming in this weekend. We need the boards ready. We need to have a detailed list of all of our selections, what it's going to cost. They're going to sign off. And they expect when they come back this winter, they turn the key, they're ready to vacation kind of a space. So that was really interesting. But again, that's probably not going to be the right designer for your business either. And they probably aren't, they're, they're not going to, they're going to charge more and they're, and they have a lot of overhead. They have a huge luxury building that they're working out of that has a coffee bar and a meeting room in it because they have people flying in and they need this it's an experience right yeah they need this space to sell the design but is that that's not the right fit for you that's gonna that's gonna they're gonna charge too much for you because they're they have to pay for the building and they have to pay for the 30 designers that they have on staff kind of a thing so with that journey i moved to we then moved to dallas and the market was very different where I was still trying to find a design firm to work for and nobody was hiring. It was just kind of the market was down. And so I thought I had seen one designer do this online um, interior design where they mail the design to you with a furniture plan, a shopping list and a vision board. You have the control to do all the shopping, but you're just you're you're looking for an interior design at a flat rate, but you are willing to do the shopping and implement the design somewhat on your own. And it had never been um, done before. And it made me, this light bulb went off in my head where I've been doing all this high-end design for turnkey people or where you're running around charging um, by the hour for people that have really large budgets. And I thought there's all, there's this, these people that are being missed where they, just don't know what to do. They tell me what to do. I watch a lot of HGTV, so I kind of have an idea. Like the whole DIY TV thing was kind of booming. So when I started Decorator in a Box, um, oh, I think it's been over 10, oh, maybe 11 years now that I started this online interior design business. And it just took off with people that are, um, just tell me what to go shop for. I don't need it to be, um, you know, here's my budget. I'll go get a Target lamp and I'll get a crate and barrel sofa type of thing. Well, I, don't I think need... you nailed it. I, I, yeah. I think what you, the market that you're hitting is, you know, I'm not ultra luxury. I don't have unlimited budget. I'm more con- cost conscious. But what you're really hitting is vision. And I would say that yeah. that's your biggest value add to me is... I don't want to be the visionary of the space. I know, like I can give you the 30,000 foot view of what I think the market wants, mm-hmm. but there's so much more detail in interior design than 30,000 feet. 
And right. that's really where Annie comes in is that she dots the I's and crosses the T's. She makes sure that everything's just perfect. All the little things mm -hmm. that I wouldn't even think about, she's well, thinking about to make just, it perfect. Yeah, and if you're pro providing people with like a furniture plan or that shopping list of selections, you're able to do it at an affordable flat rate different than the other design firms I was talking about that I worked at before because if you're eliminating doing all the shopping and the running around for the lamps, which you most people don't want to pay someone to shop for them and run around and picking out lamps by the hour. Most right. people and just tell me what lamp and I'll go order it. It's, you know, so I think that's how you get a flat rate. So you know up front what you're going to pay versus getting this time card every month, you know, at a hundred bucks an hour or something. I think, yeah, I think you're nailing it because <clears throat> number one, they want the vision. Annie can easily give you a vision of what you want. Mm -hmm. Then they, depending on how their price point, you know, they the more expensive or the more money you're willing to spend, the more concierge service you're going to get yep. where, you know, you're going to get more of Annie's time where she's actually going out and doing things for you, making these selections, shopping these things. But if you're super cost conscious, she's giving you a vision and she's giving you a shopping list and yeah. now you go to work. And yep. that was what she did for us on our house. And that's what my wife loved because it was like she couldn't see it. She didn't want to spend the time trying to figure out where I, to find it. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, Annie mails me this thing and it's like, boom, everything's <laughs> right there. And now it's like, if you want to change something up, change it up. But yep. if you don't, like all you have to do is go here, click this button and boom, you can order it. And it's yep. like, oh, this is fantastic. Now, yep. I want to go deeper, though. I want to go into like your design concepts, like when it comes to your design, so let's get to me and you, because I think this is important for, mm -hmm. for the audience. You and I work together, we're working on a project right now, which is the Utica project. If you yeah. go to our social media, um, it's 4153 Utica, yep. it's in St. Louis Park. And I wanna hear this from you, because I can talk about you all day long, but the value the client gets from you and then how do you bring that ROI? So let's talk again from the conscious of me, Tim Murphy, or the context of me, Tim Murphy, the developer investor, and working with yeah. you, Annie. Yep. How do you bring value to me in your mind and help me get that ROI that I need to get because I can get a price that's what I think I can get or even more because your design's so amazing? Right, well I think Utica's a great example because we started out, um, I always go, you give me the address, then I, I go scope out the neighborhood to see what's what's the higher end neighborhood next to that, where maybe that's where the, the homeowner would want to be, but this is more their area here. What it, What's the neighbors doing? Is there too much of a certain look? Um, so it always starts with uh, you and I kind of analyzing what's the exterior need to be to appeal to um, a certain, not just hit a niche, but appeal to a lot of different buyers. Um, and so with Utica, we started out um, with something that was a little bit transitional in style on the exterior, but I think we leaned more um, traditional too with like shaker, on the front of it. And so I think um, I bring value to you in that way where we're, we're appealing to, to a large group, coming up with a design that appeals to a large group of buyers. If you're more modern, if you're more traditional, you can still see yourself in that home. Um, and then with Utica, once you sold it and I start, we switched gears and I started working with the homeowner, um, we found out that she was much more traditional and her background was, um, she had grown up in Hibbing and she kind of liked this and had lived in St. Louis Park for a while too. So she likes that historic look. Um, the, Annie, uh, let me interrupt you because yeah. I think you're, you're making a great point that people have to understand. So I hire Annie. We have, I'm like, Annie, I'm gonna design a spec home. Yeah. And I'm gonna build this spec home. Oh, so yeah, you design we gotta it, explain. I'm gonna build it. Mm -hmm. Annie and I are, but I'm like, Annie, here's a couple key criteria, which Annie already knew about me, but we design to meet the market. We yep. don't design whatever we wanna design and hope the market likes it. I don't work like that. So Annie's like, great, love it. Yep. We design something that's a little bit more trendy, yeah. but it's not so trendy that somebody walks in and is like turned off by it. 
Okay. Right. She's like, great. Annie comes up with this amazing package. I'm like, Annie, this is fantastic. We start the construction process. We've bid out Annie's design, everything we need. Boom, we get going. Well, what happens is, is because, and we've talked about this in the podcast, because I am a big proponent of pre-selling uh, vision, which yeah. Annie is a big part of, is I go out and because I'm the real estate agent, I'm the marketer, I'm the one that goes out and sells these things, I'm out there before we even start framing and I'm selling Annie, Annie's design and, and our design and yeah, our the vision boards on the listing, yeah. Right, Annie <laughs> comes up with these vision boards and so like we put that in the marketing so people can see each one of Annie's selections from you know the cabinet style to the colors to the lighting, the tile, to the, the countertops, yeah. everything. Right, mm -hmm. and she does a great job of that. And so we're able to paint that picture for the consumer that has some vision in, right. in their mind. Mm -hmm. And we were lucky on this project to find someone that fell in love with the exterior look because she had a very, she was very selective on what she was looking for. And she loved the exterior look and then she saw the interior and the floor plan. She's like, okay, now her first question was, well, I like a lot of what you're doing, but can I make changes? And yeah. right there, you guys, this is where the team player comes in. Because Annie could be like, Tim, you didn't hire me for this. Now, I can tell you I gave Annie an upfront, you know, heads up, like, Annie, this could happen. And she's like, okay, I'm right. cool with that. But there's a lot of interior designers, especially if you're with a diva designer, she can be like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm not interested. Well, if you find that person or you're working with that person, like the first interior designer I worked with, you're screwed because what am I going to say? Oh, no, sorry. If you don't like this design that we have, we're not going to sell you the house. Right. And, and the thing was is you want to know how big of a mistake that would be? Yeah. We were marking that house at $875,000. Because we had the flexibility and because Annie was on the team and a team player, we then took that $875,000 design and we ended up selling the house for $950,000. Mm -hmm. So that's 75000 more than what I would have put it to market for. Mm -hmm. And Annie was like, you know what, Tim? This is fine. I, I, will, I will do it. I yeah. go, okay, well, have a call with her and call me back because you know what? I know I'm going to owe you more money. And, and Annie's like, no, 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 we'll be fine. I'm like, Annie, stop. Well, call we kind of gauged so it, though. Her. We kind of gauged it. I was like, Ish, maybe if she needs like a light fixture reselected and tile, then it's we're good. Right. But right. then once they talk to her, I'm like, no, yeah. we're, we're like redesigning the space. I knew it wasn't going to be that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Annie, no, you need to talk to her because I've been talking to her for like 60 days. It's not going to be that simple. Yeah. Okay. And, and and that was the beauty is that that was a give and take. I'm like, and Annie's like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to need, um, there's going to be more time involved in this, Tim. Yeah. And I'm like, fine, whatever. Because I just sold it for 75000 more. Yeah. Like, yeah, Annie, you need to get more money because if... Part of the experience also that Annie provides is a customer experience. And yeah. the customer experience is invaluable because at the end of the day, if the customer refers us, if they enjoy this experience, you know, as an infill developer, as a new construction guy, <laughs> I cannot preface how bad people screw up the customer experience in new construction. It's not always going to go perfect in new construction. And that's all the more reason you need an Annie that says, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to make them feel like everything's going amazing. You know, from the design perspective, because the design perspective is the most fun thing for them to do as long as they don't get stressed out about it. And yeah. Annie is awesome about making it fun and making it not stressful. Well, and so I think, I think that that is yeah. a point I want to make. When you're looking for someone, you have to look for that team player that's willing to be flexible, especially if you're an investor, especially right. if you do things the way I do. Um, and they're more than willing to say, okay, let's pivot. Let's make a move. Right. Well, and I think, too, it's important. Like, we designed that initially very transitional you and I always lean a little bit more modern because that's what, what we like. So it was a little bit more modern, but the the um, family that ended up buying Utica, they were a little bit more classic, traditional, yet we designed it. So yes, it was mainly redesigning and repicking a lot of tile, but it, it, they had something to build from and to see, and it wasn't so off modern, trendy that they couldn't see their look in there. So it was really just kind of like changing the design that was maybe a little bit too modern, making it more classic, a little bit more historic um, style. And I think 
that's where you know a, a good design, good design and a good designer is somebody that can create multiple different styles. If there's a designer that's kind of, I guess, what I would call it is kind of a one trick pony where you keep putting the same look over and over in a house. But if, if you had been, this is maybe what you ran into with the, the diva designer you were working with before, they have kind of one style they can do and it's hard for them to switch and be like, wait, now the homeowner's wanting this to be more classic, traditional, but I don't necessarily know how to do that because I always do a more transitional or modern space. So you need to be able to find, going back to what the, the Pinterest boards and the inspiration is, you need to find their style and then be able to implement their vision, what feels like their vision um, and what feels like their their home to them, not what my house or your house is going to look like, um, which 100%, 100%. would be too modern for them. Yeah. So Annie, like, let's talk through the, let's just walk our listeners through kind of the experience that mm -hmm. you had on Utica. So number one, I reached out to Annie. I said, are you interested? She said, yes, this would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Number two is Annie. Okay. I need inspiration. I need you to come up with a design, but then I need to come up with design board so that I can pre-market this and I will call, I will deal with the exterior elevation. You don't have to worry about that. You just give me everything interior. She's like, fantastic. Easily can do that. No problem. Then the next thing that Annie goes above and beyond on is like, oh, by the way, I'm going to literally give you a shopping list of yeah. every single item that is gonna go into this house and exactly where you can buy it. I'm like, the knobs, well, you don't need the faucet, the tile, yeah. I don't buy it so that it's ready. So if you do sell it and they say, I love it, that could, you're good to go. You could just hand that whole design off if they, if they like it, which sometimes that can happen where maybe they just say, nah, the, I just don't like those knobs. Or I don't like that light. Can we change that? That's the ideal. Situation. Well, and as a contractor, it's fantastic because, you know, whether it's our in-house team of, you know, like Diana who works with me or it's Chris's assistant, she just goes, okay, this is everything. Okay, let's order it all up. Yep. And now it's like, it's literally there. You order it up. Nobody has to think. No, it, it's just less brain power, less time. Yep. So she did that. Now I go out there, I market it, I sell it. And I'm like, okay, Annie, now how's the experience going to work? From that point forward, Annie, kind of walk us through like, what did you do with the client? Because you guys, when I talk about return on time, this is where Annie brings a huge return on time for all of us. This is where your designer can really make a big difference in, in your ability to go out and find the next project for everyone to benefit instead of you sitting there hand-holding the customer, which can be time-consuming. So tell us about what you did at that point when I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, Annie, you're gonna have to sit down with her and then boom, 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 all the way to now, which Annie's completely done making all the selections for this client. And we are basically just building the house that Annie and the client designed. Kind of yep. walk them through that. So I, I called the homeowner. She was somebody that had already been really thinking a lot about the house. So she had her Pinterest boards ready and I said, send them over to me. And then I will try to um, take your Pinterest inspiration and then update the design that we already have. So, and then we talked about some things over the phone that were important to her as well. So we had a phone conversation. She emailed me her Pinterest boards of lighting, tile, things she loved. It wasn't all the selections, but it gave me a good idea of, oh, she's, she's very classic, timeless, wants this to look a little bit like a historic home, but she has a modern twist. So she, she likes a little modern. So she sent me the Pinterest boards and then I went through that detailed shopping list that I had reviewed with you and I just went line item tweaking it to look a bit more classic, traditional, implementing her pins, but tying it in with stuff she hadn't thought of that you, that you can't think of unless you're an interior designer of how it's kind of a domino. If you change this floor, now we need to change the shower walls. Now we better change the faucet and the knobs. So I just went through creating more of a classic design. Then we had a second meeting going through that design again, where I emailed her the selection shopping list and she came back and emailed some notes of, I like this, I don't like this, how about this? So we just, we just did kind of two rounds of revisions 
um, and then got to a place um, that we felt good to kind of finalize lighting and plumbing and tile from there. And then we had, as far as paint, um, she really wanted to get to a certain point in con the construction process to see that in the house. So, um, and she already had kind of paint ideas. So we ordered samples based on a discussion of what we want the island to be in the perimeter cabinets. And then we met at the house to kind of look at those and obsess over paint colors a little bit inside the house. Um, and um, yeah, and, and so we kind of just buttoned it up from there but what did she say about her experience with you i mean just give us some feedback i know you are like the most humble person on earth so <laughs> this is going to be really hard for you to do but what did she say oh my gosh annie you know what you just make this so easy what's the feedback that she gave you know about what? Her experience? I, sh I should ask her but i think um she was a situation where we're we're close in age she knows what she likes so i think it almost became what felt like a fast friendship or somebody you feel like you know for a little while, um, but I should ask her for some more direct feedback. But from what I can tell, it seemed very like effortless that we were on the same page because I was just trying to help her implement her vision. There was no budding heads, or if I saw her maybe picking, a, where I come in is she'll pick a light fixture that's too small or too big. As a designer, you have a better concept of scale and we can put that on the plan and see how things fit a little bit too. So just kind of guiding, implementing her style, guiding to make sure there's no mistakes made. And I think I can tell her she felt good about it just based on, um, just based on how effortless it seemed to kind of get um, the contractor what he needed. Now too. let's talk about the last thing, which is kind of something that's a little bit new for Annie because it's something she only does when she works with me. But yeah, just like making sure I, I'm a huge proponent of Annie. I really need to know that your design integrity is followed through the entire project mm -hmm. because there's one thing I'll tell you working with contractors. They are not designers. They just show up and they do the work. You need to make sure though, that they're doing the work that you want them to do and they're doing it how you want them to do. And one right. of the biggest things there is the tile, right, Annie? And it yes. was funny because just the other day, Annie goes, I'm going over to the house to make sure they're doing the tile, right? Gotta meet so with like, the tell them about that, how you make sure, again, a return on time is Annie makes sure that her design integrity is followed through because again, a, a contractor, they can screw up a design in 30 seconds because they might think that this isn't look good, but it's right. not their job to think if it looks good. It's their job to just do what we want them to do so that we get the final product that we're going after. Right. Well, when I'm working with you, I'm able to go on site to kind of review things and drawings um, that I can only do locally. So if um, so, I'll do a tile diagram. Um, in this client's case, it was not very detailed tile so there was just really one area that you have to kind of make sure that won't get um get messed up and and be installed the wrong way so i'll do um tile diagrams where you draw an elevation of what the the backsplash is going to look like on the kitchen the shower walls just, and i don't necessarily do that for every room but in areas that i know could probably get a mistake could be made yeah. um i do that and then um, I just meet when the when the tile contractor is about to install and the tile is there. We just walk through room by room and review that diagram. Um, but since with decorator in a box, I work with clients all over the country. Well, and that's, that's what I wanted to get into. Yeah. So I think we've nailed exactly the experience that Annie delivers for, for myself as an infill developer and working with an investor and a contractor. And I, I think to end off the podcast, I think you, let's talk about this because yeah. Annie has a very unique business, which gives her so much flexibility and brings a lot of value. And that's called her company. That's called decorator. Um, my decorator in a box, right? Yep. Decorator in a box. Mm -hmm. Decorator in a Box is uh, is her company. And her company is an online company where she actually, if you could be anywhere in the world and you could say, here's my space, Annie. Can you help me paint a vision and help me find the, the stuff that, that you know makes your vision come to life? So right. talk a little bit about, about that business and, and how you 
really bring value from anywhere. And like, how can you, like, this is the thing that I think is amazing. Annie's designing for people in New York, for people in Austin, mm -hmm. for people in Minnesota, and for people in California. Those are all four different design looks right. and feels. So like, how do you do that? It, it definitely, the decorator in a box client is definitely a certain type of client too, where they don't necessarily require a lot of hand holding, and, but yet I'm still holding their hand by providing them with everything they need to easily implement the design on their own or just hand it to their contractor and then their contractor can go um, through it. And, um, and that's, that's just, um, just going through the process of what their, what their needs are for the space. Um, if it's a kitchen remodel, you provide that you work directly with their their cabinet designer so they can get a set of drawings picking out with the door style everything they need the countertop the plumbing for that so just getting them the drawings that they need for the design is is key but mainly that shopping list or selection list i provide is huge because that's going to go through each selection of here's your faucet, here's your countertops, here's down to, okay, you've got floating shelves. What's on the floating shelves, the cookbooks, the, so it gives them everything they need to visualize it. But then it also is, makes it easier for them to work with their contractor and then they can hand that design to their contractor and then he can start pricing it out and ordering um, things for them. So it's, it's just a matter of having it, the presentation in an easy to visualize way for the, for the homeowner and the client, and then also for the contractor who probably doesn't care so much about the, de the design of it, just wants the selections. They're usually like, just give me the selections. What is it? <laughs> what do I give to the, you know, MSI countertops? What do I give to, to yeah. the, um, the plumber and stuff like that? So. Does that yeah. make sense or did I kind of go? <laughs> no, you know, it totally makes sense. Um, and it's, you know what, Annie, it's just awesome having you on because your perspective is just, I don't, I hope people take what we said and all the things we went through because there's so much value in the last 50 minutes of conversation here. We're going to have you back and we're Yay. definitely going to have you back into our private value driven investor community. I would really like to create some courses or some concepts mm -hmm. around design because oh, I just idea. think that it's so complicated and people, especially when I was flipping small houses like $250,000, $300,000 houses, the general contractors, they just look at it on such a 50,000 foot view and they miss so many details around design that yeah. I now appreciate so much more working with you, working with Jill, because I've seen how it emotionally attaches people to our products, yeah. how it builds a brand in our community mm -hmm. because you are paying attention to every little detail. So I really think that, you know what, we're gonna have to collaborate and bring something to our private value driven investor community that really lays this thing out because I think that if, if they can lay it out for their contractors the way that you do for us, the, you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in additional profits. So, yeah. Annie, you know what? It was fantastic having you on today. Thanks, and I Tim. think you're going to be coming back. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.